Hey there, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome back to part three of my series on the existential crisis. So in this video, I'm going to talk more specifically about the INFJ personality and their kind of unique relationship with the existential crisis. If you're not sure what an INFJ is, it is one of the 16 personality types according to Myers-Briggs. And I think there's some extra stuff going on with the INFJs with regards to existential type issues like these. In part one, I kind of talk about my theory about the existential crisis, what it is, and kind of how to work through it. I think in general, it's not a personality thing. There's a lot of different people that can go through it. So I wanted to do that video kind of independent of personality. So as I explained in the last video, an existential crisis is this process that you can go through. It's like this upheaval, this emotional, intellectual upheaval as you question your life's purpose. You question the meaning of your life. It can lead to a lot of confusion because it's just a period of uncertainty where you don't know what's going on. All your existing base assumptions are under question. You can't trust them anymore. And so you're confused, things feel uncertain, and you're kind of left in this place where you're kind of just stuck. It seems to surround issues of your own mortality as well and like where you fit into the world and you know, like you're gonna die soon, you know, are you doing the right thing? Are you making good use of your life? When you're dead, will your life have meant anything at all? So these are the types of questions that at least I ask. I don't think it's all bad though. I think maybe that's the point of me making these videos. A lot of times, if you go through these things, if you go through this process, people will look at you, I don't know, like you're doing something wrong, like there's something wrong with you, um, like you need to be fixed, uh, like, like there's something broken in your brain. And I don't think that's true. I actually think it's a good thing. It's a reevaluation of your life, of your values. You are answering the questions that matter to you. And in the end, I think you can come out on the other side a much stronger, wiser person. And it's one of those things. It's like you couldn't have got there without going through. So it's kind of that old stoic principle of the obstacle is the way. So with regard to the INFJ personality, I think there's a number of reasons why INFJs just end up stuck in these existential crises. So I think the first reason why INFJs are susceptible to existential crisis, this sense of isolation and misunderstanding. If you actually look at my definition of existential crisis in the last video, one of the seven criteria was this feeling of isolation, this feeling like you don't fit in. I've often said, like, what is the main problem of an INFJ? I think it's this feeling of being emotionally or relationally starved. I don't know why it is, but INFJs, it seems like of all the INFJs I met, they want deep connections. It's sort of a paradox because it's like, on one hand, we're quite quiet, we're quite introverted, we might even be a bit reclusive, and it's like we don't really go out and hang out with people as much as we should. We kind of just stay in our houses, at least, at least that's me. But at the same time, I really crave human connection. Um, so if the people in our lives don't understand us and don't get us, you know, it can create this situation, it's almost like a one-way thing. Maybe we get them, we understand them, maybe we're an emotional support for them, but it's not it's not returned. That feeling can 
push you into the existential crisis just for the sole reason that you feel like you don't belong. So the second reason why I think INFJs might more easily slip into this existential crisis is INFJs are naturally inquisitive and they want to know the reasons for things and they, they want to know the meaning. Like as, as far as I can remember, the meaning of what I'm doing has really mattered. What is my purpose? What am I doing here? These are the kinds of questions I've always asked. And the kind of questions that a lot of people are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you focusing on that? Let's go play basketball. So the third reason is this conflict between their idealism and reality. So I think INFJs, we have this interesting ability to look out and see the problems. This, this could be in culture, in society. I think a lot of INFJs I know, they see quite clearly the problems and they might have solutions. However, the solutions are, let's just say they're really hard to implement. It's, it's hard to change culture. It's hard to change society. It's hard to change a government, right? It's hard to change a whole country and change the direction of it. You might look out and be like, I have an easy solution to this if everybody would just listen to me. It can kind of send you down that path where you question the fairness and the purpose of it all. Like, what is the purpose of all these humans on this planet? And there's all this pain, war, conflict, and we're all just hurting each other. And it's like, it's overwhelming. Um, it's, we can kind of lose track of our, our idealism in that situation because we want to improve things, I think, at its core. And if we feel like things can't improve, um, I think that's a stressful state for an INFJ. So another reason why I think INFJs are susceptible to that existential crisis is kind of a two-pronged thing. It's, it's this perfectionism that we have, but it's also this tendency to overthink. On one hand, because of the introverted thinking in our personality, it's one of the cognitive functions that the INFJ relies on. INFJs can be very logical, and they, they spot logical contradictions quite easy. They spot hypocrisy quite easy. Um, they will spot logical fallacies in people's arguments and reasoning quite easily, as long as they're educated on what a logical fallacy is. I think most of all, INFJs don't wanna see those contradictions themselves. So if it comes along where the, one of their beliefs or values is the source of one of these contradictions, and now what's going on in the world or our actions or something that we're doing almost contradicts our own beliefs and values. It can create this very stressful situation for that whole perfectionism and overthinking. And we will try to rationalize things. We'll try to solve these problems. But the problem is sometimes we just might not have enough variables to really solve these problems. And it kind of creates this overthinking loop. Again, if you combine this with this kind of desire and search for meaning and, and purpose, if we sit there and we overthink ourselves into a hole and we can't get to the solution, I think that can be quite stressful because I think at our core, INFJs want to solve things. So another reason why INFJs might fall into this more easily is, so the dominant function of an INFJ is introverted intuition. So it makes INFJs very intuitive and very goal-orientated as well and focusing on sort of a vision. And they're working towards these loose abstract goals. 
And then along with that, I'm predicting all the variables and all the things that could go wrong. And then I try to almost cover for them before they happen. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, here's my plan A, but just in case, you know, that doesn't work out, I've got this sort of plan B and here's how I'll solve that situation. I notice I do that quite a bit. But sometimes as you're going through your plan and you're working towards your goal, this like complete curveball is thrown at you. You know, you might be moving along in your life with the expectation that you'll always have this person with you. And then suddenly they die in a car accident. Like that's the kind of jarring event. One thing that I think is a bit of a dangerous situation for INFJs is when the INFJ basically goes full nihilist as a result of the existential crisis. So what is nihilism? Nihilism is basically the belief that there is no meaning or purpose. There's no grand intrinsic value or meaning to be found. And the difference between nihilism and existentialism is existentialism believes also that there may not be any intrinsic meaning or grand meaning in the universe. But existentialism believes that you can create your own meaning. Nihilism believes that it's pointless to even create your own meaning because it's futile, there's no meaning. Um, you can't even create it for yourself. It's basically chaos. It's basically hopeless. Um, full nihilism, I feel like, is a bit of a dangerous place for INFJs to go. And probably all INFJs that end up in an existential crisis will flirt with nihilism at some point. So I was recently watching a show. It was uh, The Sinner. And one of the seasons just had this perfect example of an INFJ that goes full nihilist. And I'll try not to spoil the show for you because I think if you're watching this video, you may find that show interesting. You should go check it out. Actually, all the seasons are great. I think the detective in the show is an INFJ. And there's a number of other INFJs in the show. So in this particular example, this is one of the characters in the show that I think he's gone down that path of full nihilism. Um, he kind of starts off the show in a little more of a positive place, but you can sort of see the slide throughout it. So I'm gonna play a couple clips here to show you what that looks like, that full nihilism in an INFJ. So bad news, they took the clips down, copyright infringement. Usually I can appeal and uh, claim fair use, in this case, they still took it down. I lost the appeal. Uh, maybe the clips were just a little too long. I'm actually wondering if that's the reason. If you put little short clips in educational videos, maybe it's allowed. Anyway, I'll put the timestamps in the description below if you wanna watch it. It kinda of sucks because it was kind of illustrating the point perfectly, but that's how it goes sometimes. So back to the video. So one funny thing about this show is as we were watching it, I was watching it with my uh, partner, Lexi, and she's also an FJ. And there was multiple times where she basically paused the movie and looked over at me and is like, this guy is saying what you say. Like, does this feel familiar to you? Like, she thought it was pretty funny because um, I think she sees the real parts of me more than maybe what I even share with my friends, let alone what I would share publicly over YouTube. She sees those times where I go full nihilist, which it does happen sometimes. Um, when I'm doing these videos, I try 
to remain a little more positive because I, I don't want to just be negative or pessimistic. I, I do try to offer some kind of optimism when I'm doing these videos. But sometimes, you know, I'm not always so lucky and I will go full, full nihilist, even if it's just for five minutes, and I will say things that maybe are quite shocking. Um, I think that's why I enjoyed that show is that it kind of gave me this glimpse like maybe this is what I sound like in, in certain circumstances. So in my video about the existential crisis, I talk about it as a process and maybe it's an essential process. Maybe it's sort of part of gaining wisdom is to shed a lot of what you're taught as a child from your parents, from culture, from society. It's all these sort of predefined values, beliefs, and ideas that are pushed onto you. And then the existential crisis is almost like the shedding of a lot of this stuff where you come and create your own meaning, right? Which is what existentialism is. It's realizing that maybe meaning isn't outside of yourself, meaning is created from within. It's a creativity to create your own meaning and purpose. You have that power to do that. That's what existentialism believes. So I wanted to give a couple ideas on how to move out of this as an INFJ. How do you get out of the existential crisis? So in my last video, I actually called the existential crisis the chasm of uncertainty, which I felt like was sort of a poetic way to capture that you know, this whole process is based on confusion and uncertainty, and you're trying to figure it out. And the metaphor that I have is when you leave that, it's almost like crossing a bridge. You're finally leaving the abyss. You're crossing over this bridge, which is almost like a letting go. And then you land in this post-crisis phase, which I had nicknamed the embrace of mystery. And it's kind of this acceptance that the world is mysterious. You don't have all the answers. It's not, you know, in a way it is chaos. There is no intrinsic meaning that you can find or grasp. But you have to create it yourself. But how do you do that? How do you begin this process? It's difficult. I feel like I want to address one of the issues. So it's one of the things I brought up, which is this feeling of isolation. A lot of INFJs have that feeling. It's sort of this is emotional starvation and they're looking for connection, but they can't find it. And so as a result, they end up feeling very isolated. I think one thing that I have struggled with, this is probably like a 20 year long thing for me. It's like, I feel like I don't belong. And then it's almost like that gives me the ammunition I need to almost ruminate in that depressed state because it's like I don't belong. So this one idea to me has been such a transformative idea for my mind. I hope this translates when I try to explain it to you. But it was an Alan Watts idea, is this concept of you are a wave in the ocean. But like, what is a wave? Let's just say the world is the ocean and you are a wave. The wave comes out of the ocean. The wave belongs in the ocean. A wave is energy traveling through the water. The wave doesn't really have anything tangible other than the water itself. A wave is water plus energy. And 
again, it is probably one of the more woo-woo things you'll hear me say, but I've, I've begun to think that I am like a wave. I am this medium, water, but it's, it's more like the universe plus energy. I am the energy of the universe. All things are made of atoms. All things are made of these subatomic particles. And we're all like put together in these patterns. So whenever I feel isolated and I have that tendency to be like, I don't belong here, I try to remind myself that, yes, I do. You do belong here. Simple. It's amazing how just that, when I tell myself that, it's like I catch it and I say, you do belong here. This is your place. The world is your place. I feel like just that, it's a... It's amazing the comfort that gives me. And over time, I feel like it's, it's, it's becoming internalized. It's like, I belong here. I am not isolated. I can find other people that are going through this as well. So then the other thing I already mentioned, but it's trying to create that meaning and purpose for yourself. So if you're having trouble finding meaning, maybe you're making it too complicated. Maybe you need to step back and create something meaningful. What's something that brings you joy? Just going outside and experiencing the environment and breathing in the air and taking in the sounds, just that is an expression of meaning. It's whatever brings you joy. It's whatever makes you excited. It's, I would suggest to try to find those things that give you joy and make you feel excited and Try to identify the things that aren't making you feel joy and try to maybe limit those things. I think a big part of this for myself was letting go of the fact that I have any control over the world. The world is chaos. The world is out of control. But you know what? I am just a wave in the ocean. One wave cannot control the ocean. So the last thing is I think for me, this embracing of existentialism has really helped. So I'm gonna stop here for this video, but if you wanna hear more about existentialism, you know, how that compares to nihilism and then absurdism, um, go ahead and check out the next video. But thanks so much for joining me today. Hope you got something out of it.